Good morning. So I ask you this morning, do you have anything to be thankful for? Can you think of something? If I have, if I ask you if there's something that you would like to have, would that list be longer? You know, God give us our wife says a helpmate. Uh, mine's been turned into a caretaker. <laughs> Charge her showing and left my lesson, but she had to make the house beautiful, and I appreciate it. But uh main question I'd like to ask you this morning before we get into my lesson. And I want you to think about it. Don't answer, just think about it. Are you a child of God? Do you love God? Do you love God? Do you love God? I know how Peter felt. But I'm going to take it a step further. Did you do something or say something this past week that let people around you know that you love God? Was there an opportunity you had and you didn't take it? That's what we got to think about it. In our Bible studies in the morning we, we talk about using God's word as our spiritual mirror. Are you a strong leader for God? Because <clears throat> there is a great need for godly leadership today. We need godly leadership in our homes. As homes continue to deteriorate so many divorces and everything going on. We need godly leaders in the homes. We need godly leadership in our churches. Many are willing to perform the work and the preparation needed to be a leader. As that to help us out, but there's a lot of people that are unwilling to perform this work, to do the preparation needed to be a leader in the family of God. We need godly leadership in our society. We need men and women who show a godly light and godly leadership in this nation. We don't need people call, renaming sin and calling it a sickness. We need them to stand up and say, hey, that's a sin. All of this begins in our own area, our own little sphere, so to speak, of influence. We need men and women showing godly leadership at work, at home, in the neighborhood, during worship, and in every aspect of life. I like the book of Joshua. I'm glad to see that we're going to start studying it on Wednesday nights, and I can apologize for Clay. That's what my lesson's based on this morning. Because that's the book that I'm studying on my personal time, so it's going to work out real good. But there's just so many lessons and stuff that we can learn just from the little book of Joshua and are using it as a spiritual mirror. I'd like to spend some time looking at a forgotten great man who exhibited some great godly leadership. Joshua is a forgotten leader because he filled the shoes of God's greatest leaders. Moses. Can you imagine taking over the job of leading the people of Israel 
into a land of Canaan and conquering it? Can you imagine taking over the leadership reign from one of the all-time heroes who had performed many mighty miracles and wonders through the power of God? Now, before we look at the leadership characteristics of Joshua, I think it's important to look at the background of Joshua to understand why God chose him among hundreds of thousands of men to be the leader of God's people. And I'm breaking it down to applications that, that we can use in our own lives. I think we need to first, and, and looking at the background of the life of Joshua, I think we need to first consider conditions through which Joshua grew up. By no means did, did I feel that Joshua grew up with a silver spoon in his mouth. First of all, Joshua was born into, into uh, slavery in Egypt and lived a life enslaved. The conditions of the slavery in Egypt were severe. This weekend they've been doing a commemoration memorial and all to uh, an event called Weeping Times in Darien. In fact, we're having the, the unveiling of the monument uh, marker today, but they've been going through this morning. They're even doing reenactments of everything. But what the Weeping Times here of that slavery was, was it was the largest sale of slaves in the nation took place right here in our area. Can you imagine being separated from your loved ones and having nothing that you could do about it. Slavery was hard to even the Egyptians. So no, he didn't grow up in an easy childhood. We might have said, well, I had a hard childhood. I didn't have much growing up and all, but I don't think it compared to the childhood of growing up in these conditions. The Egyptians made their lives bitter with difficult labor in brick and mortar and in all kinds of field work. They ruefully imposed all this work on them, Exodus 1 and 14. Now God recognized the pain of the Israelites, Exodus 3 and 7, and the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cries because of their taskmasters, for I know their suffering. He knows each and every one of our suffering also. As I said, Joshua had a, a bad upbringing. Joshua would have been immediately pressed into hard labor and suffered at the hands of the Egyptian taskmasters. But just because he had a difficult beginning, Joshua raised up to the challenge so impressively that God chose him to be the next leader of his people. I want to look at a couple of key leaderships here and see what we can use from the life of Joshua in our, in our own lives. First of all, and the key to leadership here is going to be the faithfulness. We have to be faithful to God's leadership before becoming the leader of Israel. Joshua had already shown himself to be, to be a great in his service towards God. Abraham Amalek came and fought against Israel. Moses said to Joshua, 
Select some men from us and go up fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the hilltop with God's staff in my hand. Joshua did as Moses told him and fought against Amalek while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Exodus 17, 8 and 10. Now we go on looking through. You can look throughout the book of Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. We read about Joshua doing just as Moses had told him. Now I think this is an impressive characteristic that must be considered. First of all, Joseph is not pictured as someone who had to sow his wild oats and then decide to settle down and become a great leader. Nor do we read about Joshua as some rebel who refused to listen to the elders of Israel, his parents, or even Moses. Joshua showed himself to be obedient to those in authority early in his life. And to all those who are younger, you need to look at this example of Joshua. Because you can be, we can be called upon to be useful in the service of God in public and in private ways by living a life that shows obedience to God and respectful of authority to God's leaders. His obedience was great enough that Moses could rely upon this young man, Joshua, to lead the men of war of Israel to fight against the Amalekites. We're told in Numbers 32 and 12, that Joshua followed the Lord completely. An application or characteristic here that we need to look at is this faithful worker. And ask ourselves, am I truly a faithful worker for God? The second characteristic we see in Joshua that prepared him to be a great godly leader is that he was undoubtedly a faithful worker. Joshua was not just a soldier fighting for the Lord, nor was Joshua just another obedient Israelite. Joshua was also a faithful worker, such that he was given special privileges to work side by side with Moses. We see in the book of Exodus chapter 24, verse 13, Joshua is described as Moses' assistant. Where it says, so Moses wrote with his assistant Joshua, and went up the mountain of God. Now the word assistant can be translated as servant, as the New York by American uh, Standard translates it. But my point here is that Joshua is described as a worker. He went up the mountain of God with Moses, while Aaron and her and the elders of Israel were left behind. Now in Exodus 33, verses 7 through 11, we read about another important work of Joshua. Starting in verse 7, Exodus 33, it says, Now Moses took a tent and set it up outside the camp, far away from the camp. He called it the tent of meeting. Anyone who wanted to consult the Lord would go to the tent of meeting that was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would stand up, each one at the door of his tent. And they would watch Moses until he entered the tent. When Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and remain at the entrance of the tent. And the Lord would speak with Moses. As all the people saw the pillar of cloud remaining at the entrance to the tent, they would stand up, then bow and worship, each one at the door of his tent. And verse 11 says, The Lord spoke with Moses face to face, just as a man speaks with his friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his assistant, the young man Joshua, son of Nun, 
would not leave the inside of the tent. Now Joshua was a special worker who was inside the tent and meeting when the Lord came down in the fiery cloud and spoke to Moses face to face. And once Moses left the tent and returned to the camp, Joshua would stay behind and remain in the tent. Now the question comes to my mind, did Joshua also have an opportunity to speak with the Lord? Whatever the case, Joshua was spending his time as a faithful worker. Joshua wanted to serve. He stayed behind and served and did not run out and take care of his own uh, desires, his own schedule. A godly leader is first a dedicated servant. Then we look at the characteristic of being faithful despite the opposition because when you start working for the Lord, the devil's going to uh, give you all kinds of opposition. He's going to give you all kinds of excuses, all kinds of uh, opportunities to turn away from God. Joshua showed that he was prepared to be a leader because he was willing to take a stand for the truth and take a stand for obedience to God despite the opposition. Now after spying on the land of Canaan, 10 of the spies gave a negative report about the land that they had scouted, saying that the inhabitants of the land are stronger than they are. The Israelites are afraid to go to battle and begin to appoint a new leader to, to take them back to Egypt. What we have is basically a right or a coup or a, a group forming. But the question is, what would you do? Would you just keep quiet and go along with the crowd? Or would you stand up for God? Look at what Joshua does in Numbers 14, 6 through 10. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jehanna, who were among those who scouted out the land, tore their clothes, and said to the entire Israelite community, The land we pass through and explored is an extremely good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us into this land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and give it to us. Only don't rebel against the Lord. Don't be afraid of the people of the land for we will devour them. The protection has been removed from them. The Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. While the, the whole community threatened to stone them, the glory of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tent of meeting. Now here we see true leaders don't go with the flow or just go with the majority for the sake of keeping peace. True godly leaders always do what is right. And notice I didn't say they always do what's popular. They always do what is right, even when that decision is not the popular decision. Now in this story, this was a life-threatening decision on Joshua's part to plead with the people not to rebel. However, the people of Israel were prepared to stone him for trying to convince them to do what is right, but he still stood for the Lord. Another characteristic we need to look at is being faithful when fearful. Sometimes one of the things that causes us to not completely obey God is fear. I know pride is great, but fear. Fear will prevent us from fully trusting in the Lord. We often read about heroes of the scripture and think that 
They're not afraid of the challenge of leadership. But Exodus records for us that Moses was terrified about leading the people from Egyptian uh, slavery. Joshua was also fearful about the monumental responsibility of taking over for Moses and leading the Israelites into the promised land. Now notice how many times people are told to encourage Joshua. We see in Deuteronomy 1 and 38, God told Moses, Joshua the son of Nun who stands before you, he shall go in there. Encourage him for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. Well, we see God also told Moses, but commission Joshua, encourage and strengthen him, for he will cross over ahead of the people and enable them to inherit this land that you will see, Deuteronomy 3 and 28. Also, Deuteronomy 31 and 7. Moses then summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you will go with this, this people into the land the Lord swore to give to their fathers. You will enable them to take possession of it. Or even Deuteronomy 31 and 23, the Lord commissioned Joshua, son of Nun, be strong and courageous, for you will bring the Israelites into the land I swore to them, and I will be with you. Then as Moses died, the Lord speaks to Joshua again. Joshua chapter 1 verse 6, be strong and courageous, for you will distribute the land I swore to their fathers, and give to them as an inheritance. <clears throat> Joshua 1 and 9. Haven't I commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That same God is with each and every one of us wherever we go. Do you get the feeling that Joshua was fearful about the task the Lord was giving him? Do you think that he did not see the large shoes that he was going to fill once Moses died? But he stepped into the task. Joshua didn't shrink back or try to hide or shrug off and get out of his duty or put on this awesome responsibility. He did not say that he did not want to be a leader of God's people. He felt the fear but he was still faithful to God's challenge. Joshua stepped up to the task. You know, we have a challenge every day when we go out to the world. We have a challenge of showing people the love of God through our actions and through our words. Before we make any decision, when we get up in the morning, if we need to pray, first off, thank God for allowing you to wake up and pray and ask Him to give you the, the strength and the courage that you need. We need to pray throughout the day. And the last thing we do before we, um, before we fall asleep is pray and thank God and ask Him to continue to be with you. So in conclusion, I say to make the preparations to be a leader. God needs true leaders. But a person cannot become a leader by sitting back, getting older, and then expecting that leadership will suddenly land on us. This thought process happens all too often in the Lord's church. 
A man does nothing in serving God for decades and then suddenly thinks he should become an elder because he's a certain age. A leader prepares himself for the task before he is a leader. He does not learn about leadership while on the job. Joshua showed himself to be a leader years before he became the leader of the people. What are the preparations each of us should make now so that we can become leaders in the home, at work, society, and in the church? Hopefully, you recognize some of these applications, some of these characteristics of Joshua, and we'll try and work them into our lives. And we prepare to sing our song of invitation. If you need to make preparation and be baptized, become a child of God, or maybe already been baptized, but you need to ask for forgiveness. Maybe you've done someone wrong and you need to go to that person. But if it's something publicly, you need the prayers, the encouragements of the congregation. We ask you to come forward this time when we stand and sing our song of invitation.